BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your teen requested a ride, but this time not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You drive your teenager around a lot to their friend Jacob's house, their other friend Jake's house, to James's, to Jaden's, to Jalen's, to... Uh, Mom, this is Jake's house, not Jacob's. Now with an Uber teen account, your teen can request a ride under your supervision. They'll ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you'll follow along the whole ride to their friends' houses that all sound the same. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Bye, Mom. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. ask you a couple questions about podcasts i don't know much about podcasts to be honest <laughs> do you listen to podcasts no not really how would you describe a podcast um basically someone whoever the guest or host may be they speak about whatever topic you know it's about more or less yeah i guess for the listeners whether it's um, politics or you know just covid or just anything really what would make you listen to podcasts? Um, something that interests me, of course. Um, but also, I don't know the stations, and you know, it's not something that's really like commercialized, so I wouldn't really know about it. It's hard to find podcasts, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Would and no one wants to like flip through stations and you know find the right one. No, no, so, it's confusing. Yeah, frankly, the it's entire podcast is about podcasts about podcasts. Welcome back to the Pod Club. While I've been making this show, I keep thinking about just how far the podcast industry has come since I started out. And I haven't been in it that long. It's been maybe four years now, but podcasting started out super scrappy. And frankly, I miss those super scrappy days. Back in the good old days, hit shows would pop up like seemingly out of nowhere. And it all happened so quickly that there's still a ton of people out there that don't know that podcasting is actually a really big industry. Now, my guest today is someone who helped legitimize podcasts as a serious form of media right from the start. He's the one, the only, Nick Kwa. Back in 2014, the Stone Age of podcasts, Nick started the newsletter Hot Pod. It was podcast news before anyone else was talking about podcasts, way before we had a podcast about podcasts, and it slowly grew into its own media company that continues to be one of the few places taking the audio industry seriously today. Nick no longer runs Hot Pod. These days, he's a very fancy podcast critic at Vulture, and I was so excited to get him on the pod club. For podcast nerds like me, this is essentially having George Clooney on your podcast. And we brought him on to do something a little different. We want to take a look back to 2021, to the great podcast you might have missed. 
but then also look forward to 2022 to see what is going to be tickling your ears in the coming months. I'm so happy to have you on the pod club because in my mind, you are, you're essentially like a, a podcast god. You're like the podcast whisperer. So we're bowing down and we are thanking you for coming on the pod club. Oh, that's nice of you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How did podcasts become your jam? How did this become your niche? A very good question. I feel like the answer always changes a little bit, but the constant is I was already pretty interested in it when it started to blow up in late 2014. And mm-hmm. I just started writing about it on my own as a side project because um, I just wanted to write about it. And I feel like that's kind of how many sort of fulfilling creative projects tend to start is that um, you just do it because, you know, you can. Yeah. And I just, you know, just kept doing it. And I think it, it was a lot of it is providence. A lot of it is just luck. I was I was timed well. I, you know, started writing about it extensively and just being interested in asking questions and putting my thoughts out during a time where, I feel, you know, not unrelated to what we're talking about in terms of representations in, in public culture, that a lot of folks just weren't taking it seriously or, or were not mm-hmm. seeing it as a thing. And then I, th- I think, you know, it's some combination of like, yeah, I, I hustled hard enough to, to make this into a niche and a, a thing that people know me for and therefore will pay me money to, to hear me talk about it or write about it. But also just like podcasting boomed. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. There's a lot of questions about the shape of that boom. There's a lot of questions about where the boom goes from here. But like, fact of the matter is people are listening to podcasts uh, people are making podcasts that are super interesting meaningful impactful thoughtful and um and there's always there's always another one around the corner that that demands a conversation and i think that's always kind of something that i i you know have to remind myself every once in a while when i when i feel like i worry that like will there ever be another <laughs> thing to write about the question <laughs> is that there's always something to write about you're just gonna have to like open your, mind, your your ears up to it. And you're good at it. I think that you're a really good podcast critic. And when something has exploded in the way that podcasts have, you need critics for it. And I'm a huge fan of your newsletter. Can we plug your newsletter right now so everyone, everyone that's listening subscribes to it? Oh, sure. These days, I, in addition to writing reviews, pieces, interviews, profiles for, for Vulture, mostly about podcasts, but not always, I write a weekly podcast recommendations newsletter for Vulture called One and a Half Speed or 1.5 Speed, depending on how uh, you want to vocalize it. I say I say one and a half. I, I, I also say one and a half, but some people have to say 1.5. Great. You can sign up at vulture.com slash speed. It comes out every Wednesday. I try to do about two recommendations a week plus a smattering of others. But uh, I'm trying to be a bit more experimental and, and weird this year. And so we'll see where I take the format. I think that's great. I'm all for experimental and weird energy in 2022. So yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is my soul. Yeah, same, same. So I'm a huge fan of your newsletter. It's where I get a lot of my podcast recommendations. I want to ask you, what are the three podcasts that you're most excited about in 2022? Yeah, so I just filed a review of the show. It's called This Is Dating. It's from the oh. people uh, who originated Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with that show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love, yes. love, love me some Esther Perel. So with This Is Dating, which is unrelated to, to Perel in many ways, it takes a similar kind of idea. So mm-hmm. the producers curate a series of virtual blind dates for singles. 
And they listen in, they facilitate it, and they also bring in a dating coach and behavioral scientist named Logan Yuri to provide coaching to singles before they go on to their blind dates and, and afterwards as well. And so mm-hmm. you have this quality of <laughs> listening into a very awkward virtual blind first date. It's fun as hell. I, I, it really is a reality show, essentially, that turned into a podcast. And this reminds me of Love is Blind or any of those shows. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to play a quick clip now of Magnificent Noises, This is Dating. Maybe I will share that I love karaoke. (laughs) Um, That I have never shared on a first date because a lot of people don't like karaoke. And I like aggressively like karaoke. I'm actually in a karaoke club. We used to meet once a month pre-pandemic, but, you know, since pandemic, we haven't met at all. So I'm really feeling the karaoke loss right now. What's your go-to karaoke song? So I, I like a lot of Michael Bublé, incidentally. Um, but I will say at that particular karaoke club, we, we have themes. So every month is a different theme. And so you're effectively barred from singing your go-to song. Um, the one that I was most recently super excited to sing, but I didn't get to sing because our March karaoke club got canceled, was um, Mulan. And I was super excited to sing I'll Make a Man Out of You. And now it's just uh, it's a forgotten dream. Well, we can make that dream come true right here, right now, James. <laughs> that would definitely be something that I normally wouldn't do on a date. But like, I don't, I don't really want to sing for four minutes. It's, it's a really long. I know, acapella. <laughs> I won't make you do it. Fine. Um, I'm gonna. Okay, okay. I'll sing the chorus. You will. Great. Okay. How does the chorus go? It's, uh, Let's get down to business. To defeat the Hun, did they send me daughter? All right, that is great. What else? So there's a documentary about Siegfried and Roy called Walt Things. Siegfried and Roy, the famous German-American magicians, illusionists, depending on how you want to phrase it, uh, most kind of synonymous with white tigers that ruled an mm-hmm. entertainment empire for decades before uh, one of them, I believe it was Roy, who got into an accident involving a tiger mauling. It's not a subject of an audio documentary series out from Apple uh, TV+. Plus. I believe they produced it with Atwell Media. I haven't heard cuts of the show yet, but it's a project I've been hearing that's been floating around for a little bit. And I think Seafood Roy as a pop culture sort of artifact, a, a sort of a, a duo to be analyzed and thought about and understood, I think... There's sort of a subject that's begging for revisitation. Oh my and, god! And, uh, yeah, and cultural anthropology, and so right. Like, how did they become a cultural phenomenon? You know that that is why this show exists. I imagine it's November 1981, and a midnight blue Rolls Royce pulls up to the posh front entrance of the frontier, where Siegfried and Roy's new show, Beyond Belief, is set to open this evening. Hundreds of fans clamor just to catch a glimpse of the magicians. Suddenly, everyone's attention shifts towards the sky. A helicopter lands, and Siegfried and Roy step out onto a lavish red carpet. That Rolls Royce was merely a decoy. All right, what else do you have for me? 
So the big hit show is from Higher Ground Productions, which is otherwise known as the Obama's production studio. The show intends to take up, you know, pieces of pop culture that have, you know, moved society in some way that, that have been sort of meaningfully influential over you know, the way we live our lives and stuff like that. And so they, they've announced two, you know, objects of study at the start of its series. The first is Twilight, both the the books and the movies and the entire phenomenon. Twilight, by the way, which is a movie that I revisited over the weekend, holds up in so many ways and uh, does not hold up in all sorts of many ways. <laughs> and the second is the Kendrick Lamar album, To Pimp a Butterfly. It's hosted uh, and written by Alex Papadimus, who is a longtime sort of culture journalist. I'm a pretty big fan of Papadimus. He used to be the executive editor of MTV News mm. during a very kind of short span of time that when that site was very, very good at producing cultural writing. I'm, I'm just sort of interested in what he's up to and, and what that show's doing. Uh, and I'm very, very excited to dive back into the phenomenon of Twilight to understand what happened between the years of 2005 and I want to say 2014. I think that's probably when the last movie came out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good times in culture. So good. I love all these suggestions. I love it when we get secret info about something that's going to be huge before it blows up. We are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, Nick is going to tell us all about his favorite shows from last year. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, Hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit.
So what are a couple podcasts that you think did not get enough attention last year that people should go back and listen to this year before they start listening to all the new ones? Yeah, so I put together my best podcast 2021 list as I do uh, every year since 2016. And I'll give you actually two that I think went under radar and I'll give you one that didn't go under the radar, but I think it you know should be just highlighted as a really interesting you know paragon of the sort of medium right now. So the first you know under the radar quote unquote one is a project called Shithole Country. It's stylized as S uh, asterisk 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 whole country. It comes from Radiotopia under their Radiotopia Presents banner, which is uh, sort of their catch-all podcast feed that publishes a bunch of different limited-run projects, you know, things that can't be sort of busted out on its own podcast feed for business reasons. Shell Country is essentially an anonymous audio memoir by a Ghanaian-American who uh, is documenting a very pivotal life choice that she finds herself having to make. And it's, I'll let you sort of like dive into and explore the sort of question and mystery yourself. There's just a lot of really fascinating reveals and and turns and reversals in throughout the series. But essentially the fundamental question that energizes and animates this, this project is this question of like, as an immigrant, what does America have to offer? And I think it's a really kind of provocative question for many, many reasons. But it also is a direct challenge to the way that we think about or the way that we are made to think about uh, quote-unquote developed versus uh, developing countries. And so it's also just lovely in its composition. It's written really, really beautifully, and she's really, really funny. I, I think she should be a, a published author <laughs> if, she, if she ever um, chooses to reveal her identity. No, I agree. It was it was so beautiful. And I'm going to play just a little bit so the audience can get a taste for the sound, because I think that the sound is really different than a lot of things that we, we've heard recently. When we started to describe the immigration from Africa, that's when he used these vile and vulgar comments, calling the nations they come from shitholes. I cannot believe that in the history of the White House, in that Oval Office, any president has ever spoken the words that I personally heard our president speak yesterday. That's Dick Durbin, a Democrat and senator from Illinois. And for our purposes, an ear witness to the presidential scandal du jour. Reportedly, Trump went on to helpfully suggest that the U.S. bring in more folks from places like Norway instead of Africa. I know. I know. Don't feed the troll, even if said troll is the leader of the free world. And yeah, I usually do keep it moving. When a CNN alert lights up my phone with the weekly reminder that our president has zero respect for large swaths of our nation, I just pray for a quick death in the nuclear holocaust he will likely trigger and go about my day. But this time, I paused. Again. And again. Tell me what else you got. So Jamie Loftus, I believe she was in one of your earlier episodes for the Pie Club. Oh, she was. She was on one of our first episodes and I love me some Jamie Loftus. I, I think this is on the line of being under the radar and, uh, and like sufficiently on the radar. Like it, it was sort of my pick for the best podcast of 2021. It was. I know. I was. Yeah. You chose Atcast. Atcast, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to just advocate for it one more time. There is absolutely nobody who makes podcasts like Jimmy Loftus. 
there's absolutely nobody who sounds as like interesting and interested and like just strange and uh, unpredictable as as she does in this medium. Sorry. Ack. Sorry. Okay. I want to talk to you about Kathy Comics. She burst into the world in 1976. And Ackast, which uh, sort of re-examines or, or kind of, it's, it's a slight reclamation project of Kathy, the comic strip from Kathy Geiswhite, a very popular for a number of decades, spanning multiple feminist movements, but these days tends to remember it as a kind of punchline. The sort of project that Loftus, you know, tends to like to go on is, is sort of these these sort of like, what are we really talking about with these texts? And she's also just fucking funny. And that's that goes a long way <laughs> in a podcast world that has a lot of portent. You yes. know? And so really enjoy her work. I'm looking forward to everything she does. I hear that she's writing a book about hot dogs. Yes, she <laughs> is. I know. I know. And, you know, if anyone else told me I'm writing a book about hot dogs, I'd be like, okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but Jamie Loftus tells me she's writing a book about hot dogs. And I'm like, I will read every word that Jamie Loftus writes about hot dogs. You think you know hot dogs, but you don't. <laughs> you know, whatever. You yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. You don't. Nope. Nope. No. At cast was so perfect. And I thought Kathy was a punchline, right? Like, I didn't know anything about the Kathy comics. And all of a sudden, I listened to At Cast. And I'm like, oh, my God. Kathy Geiswhite is all of us. Kathy, like literally Kathy is a symbol for feminism through the ages. I She's Carrie Bradshaw and Bridget Jones before these characters existed. <laughs> I take it you're watching it just like that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am. I am. Oh my goodness. The, yeah. the minute somebody mentioned the word podcast, I wanted to jump out a window. It was, just, it was just a very triggering show for me for some reason. So triggering for me. And also I don't buy it. Like I don't buy that Miranda never listened to a podcast because to me, Miranda's been listening to podcasts for 20 years. Yeah, she's like, she's definitely like, the daily listen. She's said, listen to the daily for like at the very least or, you know, whatever. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. I feel like Miranda has definitely been listening to Radiolab for years. Oh, for sure. For sure. That brings up something else I want to talk to you about. I feel like we're seeing podcasts and podcasting as a career way more in pop culture than we ever have before. It's becoming a thing, right? Yeah. So I'm actually... At the very early stages of thinking through an essay about oh, this. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah, so the, the larger macrostructure of what I'm trying to figure out is like how television specifically, but sometimes also movies, how it portrays like new things. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm thinking like, I've always had trouble like watching how television shows try to portray texting. Mm-hmm. There's always something about it that's just like never quite stuck or it's never quite landed. And it also reminds me of how movies and television you know, portray stuff like, you know, video games or like computer programming. There's a certain language that's that's not happening. And so when, you know, I'm beginning to see a lot of like podcasting pop up through television and film, and it always kind of has this weird uncanny valley quality. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to sort of interrogate that and sort of understand, you know, what I'm feeling and, and what exactly we're looking at with, with stuff like this. Is it more of a me thing? Is it more of a them thing? That kind of thing. And I don't, I don't really know where I'm, I'm going to land on it just yet, just yet. How many podcasts do you listen to a week? <laughs> it depends. Uh, it depends in part on what it releases, how am I tracking a given month or a given week? What do I feel like I want to sort of get involved in and, and sort of explore? But I think, you know, a combination of the stuff that I go to for me versus the stuff that I go to 
to explore and to see what possible stories there are. I want to say it's like at, on average about 10 to 12 different mm, shows, mm-hmm. but the number of episodes sort of differs, obviously, depending on the, the structure of the show. Right. But like I make it a point to at least pick up, you know, five new projects just to, you know, for, for discovery purposes mm-hmm. per week, which is, I don't know, it's nowhere near enough to really get a full sense of what's out there. <laughs> what do you listen to just for you? I go in cycles. Part of my sort of philosophy on this is that a good deal of what makes podcasts so interesting is that you can find shelter or like take occupancy in a number of different communities that sort of play themselves out in podcasting. So, for example, I'm, I'm, I've gotten really into Formula One <laughs> racing over the past couple of months after watching that Netflix documentary, Drive to Survive. And I can't be bothered to sort of, you know, pierce through how many articles just so that I can get a sense of what, how does community things and what's important to the sport, that kind of thing. And so I just like, looked up a couple of Formula One podcasts and now a couple of them are in my rotation up until I get sick of this hobby or this interest and then move on to something else. I listen to a lot of film podcasts because I'm just naturally interested in film. I listen to a lot of basketball podcasts because I'm naturally interested in basketball. So like those are my sort of mainstays. But, uh, you know, there's a couple of politics and news ones in there. Um, Time to Say Goodbye is a, is a kind of a leftist podcast with an Asian-American spin that's sort of been really important to me personally in my life. And so that's a show that I listen to, you know, uh, routinely. We started this because Asia and Asian-Americans in particular have been a large part of the conversation about coronavirus outbreak and the pandemic in a way that, you know, feels a little bit unfamiliar and honestly a little bit uncomfortable to <laughs> to us who are usually relegated or at least and also very comfortable being on the sidelines of a lot of these conversations. And we thought that our three perspectives, Andy being a Chinese history professor and uh, Tammy being a journalist who covers a lot of things around labor, but also does a lot of reporting in Korea, thought that we could give you a good perspective and some informative discussions and conversations and guests about what actually was going on. You know, we yeah, and so there's, there's a couple of things I, I rotate and go in and out. It depends on how I feel and, and who I am in a given month. <laughs> and I feel like that is the way that I relate to podcasts. I feel like that's the way that has been most meaningful for me to relate to podcasts. Yeah, I imagine that is different for, for everybody and what they're looking for in their lives. I think it's different for everyone. I'm still trying to find a good gateway pod for my mom, actually. So then the, the first question is sort of what, she, what is she generally into, right? Like that's, that's oh. kind of the tricky, uh, mm-hmm. you know, recommendation mm-hmm. question. Right. So, so what, yeah, what would you say that she's into? Oh my God, this is good. I'm enlisting your help to find the gateway podcast for my mom who does not listen to any of my podcasts. I don't even think she knows what I do. <laughs> so she is very into two things. My mother loves British Tudor history. So the mm. time of Henry VIII, and all of his wives. She also loves the television show Outlander. Oh boy, uh, there there are a couple of um, I know, a I know, of really good Outlander. I mean, I had an Outlander phase myself. So between her interest in Twitter era politics and monarchy and Outlander, it sounds like she's into period dramas, yeah, or like sort of period history. I guess mm-hmm. I, I use that even term. I don't know. Sure. Maybe this is, again, uh, I, I believe you're published by Art Media. This is an Art Media show. Like, Noble Blood might be a good one for her if she can stand this sort oh. of, like, saga and the, sor- the sordidness of it all. You probably know that Marie Antoinette never said, let them eat cake. But here's something she did say. I'm sorry I didn't mean to do it. 
As she was led to the guillotine, Marie Antoinette accidentally stepped on her executioner's foot. Those were her last words. Yes! The world noble blood! I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I like Nina's stuff a lot. So noble blood is it's not often my cup of tea, but like I think she's just like a really fun like presence. Yes, and I'm a huge fan of hers and Noble Blood. And I did not think of the fact that, of course, Noble Blood is my mother's gateway podcast. Oh, my God. I'm so psyched. You just solved so many problems for me. We are going to introduce my mother to Noble Blood tonight. And now she's finally going to like podcasts and listen to what I do. Ah, Give it a shot. Well, I am so happy that we had you on the pod club. I hope that you'll come back. And give us some more recommendations because this is this has been this has been fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for the conversation. That is it for the Pod Club this week. I feel a lot smarter after talking to Nick, and I just love the way that he thinks about these shows and about the industry. I'm happy he came to Podcast Whisper with us today. Now, a quick recap of the shows that Nick told us to listen to. Number one. This is Dating. Wild Things, all about Siegfried and Roy. I mean, oh, so good. Get this one on your list right now. We've also got The Big Hit Show. It's Twilight Season is airing now, exclusively on the Spotify. There's also Shithole Country. And one of our personal favorites, Jamie Loftus's Cast. Also, Time to Say Goodbye and Noble Blood. Especially if you're like my mom and you love history, but haven't listened to a podcast yet. You should also subscribe to both Hot Pod and 1.5 Speed from Vulture if you, like me, can't get enough of learning about this medium, can't get enough of learning about podcasts and where they might go next. The Pod Club is hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Our executive producers are me again and Emily Marinoff. Our producers are Mary Dew and Darby Masters. Our associate producer is Lauren Phillip. Our theme and additional music was composed by Aaron Kaufman. Aaron Kaufman is also our consulting producer. And special thanks to Nikki Vitor. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as 
an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.